Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard. On this Thursday night, we are two days away. Now Now I can do the math. It's less than 48 hours away. Eagles, Giants, Lincoln Financial Field, the NFC Divisional Playoff. I can't wait for this game coming up on Saturday here. Eagles, 7.5-point favorite. And it's interesting because it's not your typical opponent here, right? It's not a team that we don't know much about. And we know a lot about the Giants. Face them twice a year. And obviously, we've seen them a lot recently. You know, the game up in New York in early December. Then the game here in Week 18. And now again. So it's a very short period of time seeing the same team. Yet... And we'll talk to our next guest about this. I'm not even sure how much we could truly take away from either of the first two matchups this year. I mean, you go back to the first time they played, and the Giants were pretty banged up on defense. Like, they were pretty undermanned, and the Eagles just destroyed them up there in New York. And then you go to the game that was played here a few weeks ago, and it had a field of preseason game. I mean, it just, it was like the Eagles were going through the motions to try to get through it, make sure Jalen Hurts is okay, not hurt that shoulder. And the Giants played their backups, including a quarterback that no one knew he was, you know, until he played decently in that game. It was like, it was, what, what do we do with those two games? And here we go again Giants, Eagles, Saturday night. 8 o'clock at the link. Let's talk about that. Let's go out to the guest line right now. To a guy I know, I uh, actually saw him at Elliott Shore Parks' wedding over the summer and used to work with him over at NJ.com. He is now at SNY up in New York covering all of New York football, including a Giants team that I don't think any of us thought, probably including Connor, that would be at this stage of the season. Connor Hughes, SNY, joining us right now. How you doing, Connor? I'm doing well, Joe. How you doing, man? Well, we're doing well, and... Uh, excited for this game that I don't think any of us probably thought was going to happen if, no. if you said it seven or eight weeks ago. Connor, what point this season did you feel like something was going on with the Giants and maybe this was going to end up a, a good team? Because it's been a bad team for years. I'll be honest, Joe. I, I don't think at any point this year did I think that that was going to happen. And a big reason for that is, is, you know, we saw this team every day in OTAs, every day in minicamp, every day in training camp, and, and they just did not have the makings of a very good football team. You know, they had issues on the offensive line. They had issues at receiver. They had issues in the secondary, issues at times on the defensive line, uh, cornerback, linebacker. I mean, they had their problems. They, they were not a good football team. That's why you had people picking this team to win three games, four games, five games. I think my projection was five or six, maybe. You know, they could take a couple from Washington and, and steal a couple from the other weak opponents on their schedule, but they just were not going to be very good. And this entire season, you've kind of been waiting for that bubble to burst or, or thinking that that bubble is going to burst, but it just hasn't. And, and I think a lot of credit needs to go to Brian Dable. I think a lot of credit needs to go to Daniel Jones under center for kind of reinventing himself in this new offense. 
And they just continue to chug along and, and play this style of football where they embrace playing ugly. They embrace uh, basically taking teams out to the deep end and seeing if you can tread water as long as they can. And if you don't, they win the game. But I think the first time maybe that, that I could say, like, holy cow, this, this might be a team that could potentially make a little bit of noise was actually the second Vikings game just last week in the playoffs because that was the first time you saw the offense really come together, albeit against a pretty bad defense. Uh, and then also the defense make plays when they counted. But aside from that, honestly, this entire week, it's been like, you know, the, the old cliche uh, from, uh, what is it, Jesse Pinkman of he can't keep getting away with this. It was that kind of saying of like, you, you were waiting for this to end. Yeah, well, I mean, they were outscored this season. So obviously a lot of those games were, yeah. were very close. They won a lot of close games. Connor, uh, you mentioned Dable and Jones. And, and I've made a comp as I've watched Jones evolve here. It, it reminds me, and, the, and the, tra- the trajectory of his career too, of Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith was terrible mm-hmm. with the 49ers. I mean, horrendous the first three or four or five years. And in, in the moment, it was like, well, he's a bust. But then as time went on, you're like, wait a second. I guess he had Mike Singletary and Mike Nolan. Like, maybe they ruined him. And then the Giants, about a year ago, said, well, we're, we're ruining Daniel Jones. He can play. And I, I was skeptical. But then, like Alex Smith, when he got Jim Harbaugh, he turned into a good quarterback, and he stayed a good quarterback. Do you think Jones is now a good quarterback and will stay a good quarterback? You know, that's the thing, is that I, I think going into this year, the way that I felt about Daniel Jones was that he was in that Ryan Tannehill area, that Ryan Tannehill tier where – you have a quarterback where if you put good coaching around him, you put good skill positions around him, you could put a good team around him, you can win some legitimate games with Ryan Tannehill. That's how I felt with Daniel Jones. Now, I think the way that he's played the last month of the season, the way that he's kind of put the Giants on his back at different times, whether it was against the Colts, and I know they're bad, or against Washington, or now against Minnesota, I think he's done enough where you can kind of say that maybe he can be a little bit better. Now, I don't think there's ever going to be a time when Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback, I don't know if there's going to be a time where he's a top eight. Maybe there would be a season where he could crack top 10, like you saw Eli do or Flacco do or things like that. But I think what he has proven is that he can be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. If you put good legitimate pieces around him. And the big reason why I say that is for the first time in his career. And and you can say Brian Dable, you can say Mike Kafka, you can say different things that have gone right for, for Jones this year, but more than anything else, I've seen him elevate the play of those around him. And I think that's probably the the number one sign of a really good quarterback. You know, when you talk about Ryan Tannehill, you're talking about a quarterback there who plays to the talent that's around him. You have good pieces around him, Tannehill's going to play well. You put bad pieces around him, Tannehill's probably going to struggle. I think that Daniel Jones is better than that because you look at the playmakers that he's working with right now, aside from Saquon Barkley, and there really isn't that much there. Darius Layton isn't a stud. Isaiah Hodgins is not a stud. Richie James, not a stud. Daniel Bellinger, not a stud. But you have a number of these guys now that are playing like legitimate NFL playmakers. I mean, you look at the last four games that the Giants have played, and you remove that Eagles game, because like you were saying you know, before I came on there, that, that this is a, a, a game that basically the backups played. So you take that game out of the equation – and if you take that four-game stretch from James, from Slayton, and from Hodgins, and you expand it over a 17-game season, James and Hodgins would both be 1,000-yard receivers, and, and Slayton would be at 800. I mean, I don't think that Hodgins is a 1,000-yard receiver in the NFL, but that's the way that he's playing right now. Same thing with Slayton, same thing with James. And a big reason that they're playing this way is because of their quarterback. And when you have a quarterback that starts to now bring the guys around him up and elevate their play and, and, and really level them up, I think that is a sign, a good sign of things to come. Now, it begs the question, like, all right, say you give Daniel Jones a legitimate number one receiver. Say you fix up the interior of the Giants' offensive line, and Evan Neal takes another step. Well, what kind of quarterback are you going to look looking for? 
I don't think we live in a day and age where you necessarily need a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes to, so that you have to win. It certainly helps, but you don't need one. You can win if you got good pieces around the quarterback aside from that. And I think that's where we're at with Daniel Jones, where he's shown he's a good quarterback. Maybe he's not great, but in the NFL, in a lot of ways, good is good enough. We're talking to Connor Hughes here, SNY up in New York. Connor, we well, we both agree. I think everyone agreed that Week 18 game. We could just kind of throw it out. Yeah. Giants are playing backups, and and Jalen Hurts obviously is playing a kind of a skim milk version of himself just to stay healthy but get the win. What do you take away from the first matchup? I did mention the Giants pretty banged up going in that game, and if I remember right, it was like Saquon played, but then they didn't really play him much because they had the Washington game yeah. the next week. Do, do you take a lot from that? Like, What did you see in that game that whether maybe the Giants are better than they were then or that is a worry for the Giants? That was honestly the game that, that was played where I was like, okay, the Giants are who we thought they were, where, where it was, okay, now they've played a legitimate top-tier team, and that top-tier team, you know, took them out. I mean, they did. It, it was it was a bloodbath. I know the Giants just scored some late points there, and, and points in the game was was meaningless to make it, what was it, 48-22 was the final or something like that. So, I mean, it, it looked maybe closer than you expected, but it really was. I mean, it was over in the first quarter, uh, second quarter, when the Eagles jumped in front there, 21 nothing or whatever it was. And it was Brown demolishing the Giants' secondary, and the Eagles running rampant on the Giants' front, and the offense not being able to protect Daniel Jones. But I will say that the Giants team that walked off the field there at MetLife Stadium, I mean, they have gotten progressively better in just about every single area than they were from that team. So I, I think this is going to be closer than that. And a big reason for that, and I'm not saying the Giants are going to win this game, but I think it'll be closer than that just because of the fact that the Giants have developed, the Giants have evolved. Daniel Jones significantly better. Those receivers I was just talking about, they were – just scratching the surface is what they could potentially be that game. I mean, they really were still figuring things out. And at that point, the Giants' offense really was Saquon Barkley and only Saquon Barkley. And if Saquon Barkley didn't make the plays, well, the Giants' offense wasn't going to make the plays. And so now you've got a healthy Saquon Barkley. You have an offensive line that against a, a pretty decent Vikings defensive line played really well last week. I mean, it, uh, Daniel Jones dropped back 39 times. I think he was pressured six, sacked three. But one of those three sacks was one that Jones intentionally took uh, to have the Vikings have to eat up another one of their timeouts late in that game. So the offensive line is playing better. The receivers are playing a lot better. Daniel Jones is playing better. Saquon Barkley is healthy. So offensively, the Giants, I think, are going to be able to do a little bit more than they did in that first game. Defensively, they've got a Dory Jackson back now. They've got Xavier McKinney back now. I mean, they have a, a Kayvon Thibodeau kind of coming to his own now as a pass rusher. They've got some pieces there as well. Now, again, they are not in any way, shape, or form even near the level of talent that that Eagles roster has. I mean, I think you could trot out the Eagles' backups, all of the Eagles' backups, and they'd probably still be favored by a point or so against the Giants. But at least now the Giants are playing significantly better with, with, with then when you loop in the fact this is the third time these teams are playing. It is a divisional game. It is the playoffs. Giants coming off that big win. Uh, Eagles potentially with the week off, maybe a little bit of rust there. Uh, I, I think that you could have a closer game uh, than, than certainly we saw in that first matchup. Connor, where's the weakness on the Giants that they haven't been able to really patch up? Because I, I always I have this theory in sports, whenever a team loses, like whenever their season ends, whether it's this regular season ending mm -hmm. or like in the playoffs, like whatever round, it always kind of comes back to whatever you always deep down knew was the problem. Other teams will find a way to exploit it. What yeah. What's their biggest issue right now that you think the Eagles are looking at tape and saying, that's where we're going to get them? I think the Eagles are saying that if we can shut, if we can, I mean, defensively, if, if they can load the box and shut down Saquon Barkley, they are going to feel pretty good about Bradbury and Slay shutting down the Giants receivers and, and being able to control those guys man to man 
which is what's going to allow that front four that the, that the Eagles have down there. I mean, that was it. I was talking to Dave Zangaro about this, like 70 sacks. Yeah, that uh, third, I think third most ever in the history of the NFL, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, ridiculous, man. Like, I was sorry, because I looked it up, because I remember when the Giants won the Super Bowl in 07, uh, they were considered, like, and that was you and your attack straight hand. It was like, oh, man, how nasty that defensive line is. They had 53 sacks that year. So, I mean, it, it's just a, absurd numbers that the Eagles have put up. And I know the NFL is more pass-happy now, but still, that doesn't discredit anything. So, I, I think if the Eagles are able to just shut down the run, man up on the outside with two corners that are playing, like some of the be- one of the best tandems in the NFL, they're going to be able to feast on that Giants offensive line that, aside from Andrew Thomas, has had some issues at different spots, especially Evan Neal in his first year. And then defensively, I think the Giants have some legitimate problems opposite Adoree Jackson. Now, I don't think Adoree Jackson is some shutdown corner, but he's pretty good. Opposite him, though, there, there are some legitimate issues over there. And their defense, aside from that, the linebacker position, you can get after them, and they make a lot of mental errors where you can get after those guys. Defensive line's pretty good. Not elite pass rushing yet. You know, Aguilari and, and Thibodeau, I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but I don't think they're uh, anywhere near, like, Reddick. Like, a guy who's going to get 10-plus sacks, it seems like, every year. Fletcher Cox, you know, they don't, they don't have guys like that yet. They could be developed. They're not there yet. But if that pass rush can't get home and, and that top-tier Eagles offensive line can protect and Jalen uh, Hurts can, can pick apart the secondary, you know, avoiding a Dory Jackson side, I think – that's probably where we're going to see this one potentially be the uh, the mismatch or where the Eagles could exploit some weaknesses. Uh, kind of let's end with this. Um, what, what do you feel on the confidence level with that, that Giants team as the coaching staff? And have you, get, get, you know, kind of gleaned anything what they think about what's going on with Jalen Hurts? It's been kind of a mystery thing here for four or five weeks. I mean, yeah. the, the one thing we know is he's off the injury report this week. That is is obviously a good development for the Eagles. The one thing I was saying, Connor, is until the game starts, we won't know if he is willing to play like himself. Obviously, he's feeling yeah. better, but we won't know. And, and I think it changes the game significantly if he's not willing to run. Because if he's willing to run, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. If he's not, I, I think it's a very tight contest. Yeah. Uh, they're going in as if it's as if Jalen Hurts is 100, percent and that's the right way to do it. You you can't you can't prepare anyway. I mean, you can't be caught with your pants down if you go in there saying, "Hey, he's going to be the quarterback we saw Week 18, who was timid running and just trying to play within the pocket and and things like that." And then all of a sudden, he comes out and he's the MVP candidate, and you're just like I said, caught with your pants down and and, and screwed for for lack of a better word. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're gonna they're gonna prepare as if he is. Uh, without a doubt, you know, going to be the, the Jalen Hurts that was earning MVP votes earlier in the year. Now, uh, as far as the Giants' confidence level, I think they're they're flying pretty high. I mean, the, I think it was John Mara talked to the New York Post after the game and made a comment about, you know, we're back. The, the players were as loose as I've ever seen them in, in the locker room. I, I don't think they're coming in here expecting to blow the Eagles out, but they now are starting to feel themselves a little bit because they see an offensive line that's working. They see receivers that are stepping up. Saquon, obviously, is still Saquon. Daniel Jones was doing the gritty today at practice, you know, before they broke. I mean, there is a legitimate confidence within this team where they're not coming in here feeling like they're playing with house money, which was kind of a, a coin term that's been dropped uh, quite a bit over the last week or so here with the Giants after they made the playoffs. They're not coming in there with that feeling. They're not coming in saying we're, you know, we're, we're just happy to be here. I mean, they're coming in fully expecting to compete against the Eagles and beat the Eagles. I mean, that's their mindset is they feel like they can do that. They feel like they can upset them. And again, now, can they do it? Honestly, Joe, like my, my opinion on it is that they, if the Eagles hit the ground running and there is absolutely no rust and they are truly just rested, the Eagles are probably going to win this one and, and, and cover it. I mean, I could see it being a two-touchdown game, a 10-point game, something like that. But if there is, Jalen Hurts has only played the one game and it was against the Eagles since the Bears. You know, uh, Lane Jonathan's missed some time. All the other guys who've had like little nicks and nags 
plus you then take the week off, and did they really go all out against the Giants week 18? If you're looking at all of that, and there is a chance or the outside chance, say, that the Eagles start slow or it takes them a quarter, a quarter and a half to really find their rhythm, and the Giants are able to take what they did Minnesota and jump in front by maybe 10 points or 14 points early, then I think we get into the anything can happen. But if the Eagles truly hit the ground running, like, like I know a lot of people there in Philly expect them to, I mean, this one, this one could potentially uh, be one that has the Eagles celebrating throughout the fourth quarter. It's going to be a fun one. Eagles-Giants yeah. Saturday. Connor, I always appreciate hopping on. Uh, take care, pal, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. There he goes. Connor used SNY up in uh, in New York. No Connor uh, or days. Actually, there was, then there was a point where myself, Connor, and Elliot intersected together, working together at NJ.com. So I've known Connor. He's, he's a good guy. And um sounds like the Giants are confident, but they're expecting Jalen Hurts to play like Jalen Hurts. I mean, I and now I am too, and that's what I want him to do if they're going to go win this game. All right, we want to play for you, Dave Dabrowski, because it's, it's, I think it's a big deal when the Phillies team president comes on this radio station and talks a month before spring training and kind of gives a stat, uh, a state of the team. So we'll, we'll bring that to you. He was on with Cam Ritchie today in a, in a minute. But I, I just I want to address something first. A, a major event here, for, the, for I think, for all of WIP, one of our own was um, – was named to a so it's Tucker obviously I'm trying to find the exact uh, write up here you Tucker you tell us about it so you're a Temple alum proud Temple alum I mean yeah go Owls go Owls I mean they beat ECU last night I'm sure everyone watched I mean I, I'm not I mean this is obviously silly but this is this part is not facetious Tucker is a big Temple fan like he went there he's a fan he watches their basketball games they I don't got know number why. one Houston coming up on Sunday I don't know why he goes to their football games I mean he followed Matt Rule's career because he was a Temple coach like he, this guy loves Temple so it must have been a big honor when you were honored by them today. Yeah, so I got an email today around 4.30 p.m. from the Temple University Alumni Association, and it reads as follows, congratulations on your selection as a recipient of Temple University's 30 Under 30 Award. Save the date for this huge reception. You'll join your fellow groundbreaking honorees along with distinguished awardees from our Gallery of Success program. And I thought, "Wow, wow, that's crazy. I didn't even know I was nominated, but, you know, it makes sense. I work hard. I deserve it. And sure enough, before I had a chance to tell anybody, five about five minutes later, I got another email saying, hello, you recently received this email regarding the Temple's 30 Under 30 program. It was an error. We apologize for the confusion and the misunderstanding. In the meantime, please keep up with all things Temple alumni related with our Google Calendar. That is a, a pretty rough second email to get there. Now, you said it was within five minutes or so? Yeah, I... I I don't think I actually saw the first email until I read the second email. So they I were want, like back to back in my inbox. Could you imagine being the person? And I'm not sure what department of the, of the school would, would send these out. But could you be, imagine being the person, maybe alumni relations, whatever it is, that realize, oh no, I sent. They sent these... it to everybody. Like like a, a bunch of people that I went to college with. I, I see got the same one. So they sent it to, to hundreds of people. So I mean, I think probably people have different emotions. I think. I was saying to you when you told me about this, you, yours is plausible. I mean, you're part of the evening show. You work for WIP. Now, at first, I thought it was just like uh, the media wing. Then I was like, all right, that's, I could see you being 30 under 30 in the media wing. But then you said it was the entire school. Yeah, and I'm sure there are doctors and business people who are making millions of savings. That's what lives. I was like, thinking. That's far more important than what we do here. Right. So I, then, I, then it became like, all right, that's a, a pretty small group to be in the top 30 of, of whatever they're honoring. But. So say you hadn't gotten the second email, would you have begun the process of like getting a, a black tie, an outfit, getting a, you know, get yourself together? Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> what I would have done because even now, like it seems so silly. Why would they pick me? 
And I think I probably would have had that same thought, like, this must be an error. Because that's happened to me in the past, where I, I won an award for coaching youth basketball. I thought it was a mistake. I deleted the email, and they had to email me again, like, a week later and say, why didn't you come pick up your award? Oh, you actually won that one. That one I did win. And I, I just disregarded it. I'm like, this is silly. It makes no sense. It was for somebody else. And then they sent me a thing like, can you please come? This is a big deal. Yeah, I think uh, – I'm trying to think what I would do if I was the uh, the alumni relations person that made the mistake. I, I I almost don't know if I would have sent the second email. It's 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 almost heartbreaking to send that second one. And I'm sure there are people out there who got the first one and it. they were deserving and maybe they were number 31 or 32 or 33 on the list and their hearts are broken. So how are you holding up? I'm, I'm fine right now. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that you you thought you were getting this big on. Like, wait a second, never mind. You're, you're not that. All right, we got it's just a lot cold. It it is cold. It's and actually, someone should send an apology email. I mean, more than just like there should be an apology email from. I school. believe Temple University. Their Twitter account tweeted out, "You're all thirty under thirty to us." Yeah, that's pandering. Yeah, that's not true. All right, when we get back, Dave Dabrowski he was with Kevin Richie today. We'll play that for you, and then it's set up for the Sixers and the Blazers tonight. Dabrowski next on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.